Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. Happy birthday to you. Say don't dry a bocelli. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thank you very much. Look, I feel like I've accidentally dominated the last two episodes yeah, that I've been present for with my own personal news. Apologies. I promise everyone from today onwards, uh, from tomorrow onwards. I thought it was very elaborate, and I, I do respect the hustle of getting engaged so that you could draw level in Fun Fact Friday stakes. That yes. seems like a bit of overkill yeah. to me. Look, but, I had um, a word to Ted, and I was like, look, I need, I need something. What can we do here? Yeah. <laughs> And now you have the chutzpah to also celebrate your birthday merely days after. I see what you're doing. Mm, mm. It's, been, it's been a big month. I've taken birthday month to a whole new level. Don't know how I'm going to top it next year. Let's get to the show. Kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. There's been a lot of talk about home detention lately. We're taking a look at the reasons how and why someone gets given it as a sentence instead of jail time. Also, spring might officially start on Friday, but it's still bloody freezing. We're chatting to a weatherman in the know about why this winter has been so cold. Fashion Week kicks off today, so how is this year's event taking on fast fashion? And lastly, we're chatting about Austria's innovative and bizarre new campaign to get people to use public transport. We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Unless you've been living under a rock, you'll know that crime and justice is a hot-button issue in Aotearoa at the moment, especially the practice of home detention. Now, theoretically, Home D is a pretty useful halfway point for sentencing people whose crime is too serious for just fine, but maybe not quite serious enough for jail. But this is a delicate balance to strike. You know, the man who killed two people in the Auckland CBD in July was on home detention for domestic violence charges. And official figures do suggest that more offenders are breaching their home detention orders compared to five years ago. So how does home detention work? Chris Macklin is a barrister and convener of the Law Society's Criminal Law Committee, and he's here now to chat. G'day, Chris. G'day. How are we going? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, well, thank you. Very well. Chris, can you explain to us how home detention fits into sentencing options? Are there criteria, for example, that an offender has to meet in order to get home D? Uh, Yes, there are. So there's a a hierarchy of sentencing options in New Zealand. And without going through them all for your listeners, uh, home detention is second only to imprisonment. So if you think of as imprisonment as the top end sentence, next step down is home detention. The main criteria that people would readily be able to identify with is that the court or the judge would have to be looking at a sentence of two years or less imprisonment before it's even considered. Chris, I mean, tell us a bit about, and I suppose this will differ from from person to person, case to case, but what is it like for an offender who is on home detention? Are you monitored? Are there limitations on what you can and can't do and sort of time periods when you can, when you can do things? How does it work? This is oversimplifying it, but the, the starting position is you're 24-7 at home. You know, the, the trick's in that name, home detention. You wear an electronic bracelet, uh, or anklet is probably more accurate, 
and you have a responsibility to keep that charged and be within the defined zone of your home at all times. And then bolted onto that starting position, there'll be approved absences for things like going to the doctor. Some people will get excursions for work. There might be a program that you're mandated that you have to do. And if that's away from your home, then you'll get an approved absence for that. But any absences are going to be strictly confined in the sense that they have a purpose, has to be approved, and they have a time frame that has to be approved, and you have to go straight there and straight back. The critiques in New Zealand at the moment uh, seem to be that there's too many serious crimes and criminal offenders are getting home detention sentences, and that it's also potentially being used as a way to reduce the prison population. What do you make of those? Given that the main statutory criteria is that the sentence is two years or less, it's difficult for me to accept as a criminal barrister that we're at the most serious end. Mm. But of course, if you were a victim of a crime, and we, we used that example earlier, domestic violence came up as the, mm-hmm. the defendant or the person who's been alleged to have, have shot those people in Auckland. The difficulty there is, yes, domestic violence is serious, but I don't know enough about the case or the context to comment on how serious this case was. And obviously, at some point in the sentencing process, the judge got down to two years or less imprisonment. Mm-hmm. And for someone that's made some terrible decisions or might you know, be young or, or need a, another chance, then whether their offending is categorised as serious or not really depends on which angle you're coming at it from. A lot of emotion gets involved in these sorts of yep. discussions. I think something that we really need to start having a more mature conversation about in the media and generally is criminal justice. Um, because there's this idea that this this subset of people that are readily identifiable by the decisions they make as criminals who need to be locked up and kept away, and that's just not the reality on the ground. Absolutely no doubt there's, there's some evil people out there. There's some people whose moral compasses are so corrupted that they need to be kept away for people's safety and security. But there's a vast quantity of people who are, dare I say it, more or less, but for the grace of God, you, me, Imogen, and so on, have made some horrendous decisions or been caught in the wrong place at the wrong time and and Mm. shades of grey all the way in between there. Chris Macklin, really interesting to get your insights there. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Austria is offering people free public transport for a year if they get a specific tattoo. It sounds wild and we'll give you the details a wee bit later, but get in touch to tell us if there is something, anything, that you would be willing to get a tattoo for if it meant you get it for free. You can find us on TikTok or Insta, just search up Newsable NZ, and you can send us an email to newsableatstuff.co.nz. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. No, that, I what, think Chris, it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Okay. Nothing iffy in there, that sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. Apparently, the first day of springs on Friday, which feels like the biggest fib ever told because it's still freezing cold. And it's not just me saying that, it's not just newsable saying that, Auckland is set to lock in its coldest August in more than a decade. And last week, Mount Ruapehu reported having the deepest snow base in the world, with 255 centimetres worth of snow, I believe. Uh, To put that into perspective, that's roughly 12 bananas lined up, one on top of each other. 
And uh, it's certainly great news, of course, for a ski field with an uncertain future. But what's going on here? Well, uh, one of our favourite weather gurus, Chris Brandolino from Niwa, is here to tell us. Welcome back to the pod. Lovely to have you here. Pleasure to be on. So have we just seen the coldest August in more than a decade everywhere, or is, or is this just in Auckland, Chris? Jury's still out. We still have uh, you know, a handful of days in August remaining, but August 2023 could be the first month since, I believe, May 2017, so more than six years, where from a national perspective, we'd had below average temperatures. And what's behind all of this? Is this our favorite El Nino? It is, yeah. Forecasting weather and climate, it's a tough job. But look, if the air is coming from a cold place, you're going to have cold temperatures. Simple mm-hmm. as that. And with this emerging El Nino we're seeing, you tend to get more south to southwest winds. And look, the first two months of winter, June and July, were unusually warm. August, as we said earlier, may end up landing on the cool side. Certainly cooler than June and July when you compare it to what is typical. Chris, if we just look at for a second. We mentioned that in the intro. You know, I remember I was meant to go skiing around this time last year, and if I recall correctly, I think the mountain was like closed or, or severely limited in, in terms of the runs because it had no snow. And now it's like it's the it's now it's the, the place to be. It sounds wild. <laughs> what's happened this year is kind of congruent what's happened in previous years. So. Back in August of 2016, there was over two meters of snow, Fakapapa uh, Tudoroa. In August 2017, there was over a meter and a half of snow. Now, what's interesting about that August 2016, that we were exiting El Nino. So there is some similarities there. But going back to last year, we were in our third year of La Nina. So what La Nina brings is more east to northeast winds. So that's a warmer wind direction. It was very wet, so snow levels were quite high. Um, so, yeah, the, the completely different airflow. We also mentioned before springs are meant to officially start on September 1st, which is Friday. It's still freezing. Do we, right here, right now, change the date? Let's do it. Let's change the date. Should we just push it out a couple of weeks? But basically, that's for bookkeeping. If we want to understand what's the average rainfall or temperature for say winter or summer or whatever season hard to do it when if you're using the astronomical definition which is typically in the third week of of the month september december and march and june so we have nice tidy beginnings and that is the start of the month where i'm from in in the in the states the public generally uses the astronomical definition not the meteorological definition or the first of the month so i guess you know to each their own, but from a meteorological perspective, from a bookkeeping perspective, it is the first day of spring on Friday. And it may feel like it, actually, as we work away into Friday and Saturday, there's going to be some unusually warm temperatures over the east of the South Island, maybe the east of the North Island as well. So it is going to warm up. Chris Brandolino, you make me feel so young. You make me feel <laughs> like spring has sprung. Thank you as always. We're finding out how Kiwi brand Ruby is fighting the good fight against fast fashion next. But just while I've got your attention, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, remember to chuck us a like and follow on your favourite podcast platform. 
Happy Fashion Week for those who celebrate. Indeed, happy Fashion Week to those who celebrate. And in 2023, fashion has become so much more than garments on hangers, right? Fashion is knowing where your clothes are made, it's knowing how much the people who make your clothes are getting paid, and it's also knowing how sustainable the clothes on your body are. Yeah, and here to chat with us a bit more about all of this is the General Manager of Kiwi Label Ruby, Emily Miller-Sharma. Kia ora to you. Kia ora. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure having you on. Really interesting themes coming through here. Like, I guess, you know, difficult economic times at the moment. So how much dedication do you think is the industry able to put into ensuring sustainability while also, I guess, you know, staying at business? Yeah, I mean... It's a great question and one which can only be answered by ensuring that any quote-unquote sustainability initiative that you have in your business is one which is going to meaningfully contribute to your business so that when the market dips, as it always does, those initiatives aren't the first things to go. In fact, they're the last things to go from a business perspective because they meaningfully contribute. Do you find that the industry here in New Zealand is all on board in terms of sustainable fashion? I think that you'd really have to be living under a rock to not have some aspect of sustainability consideration in your business operations. Mm. If I think about the clothing industry in New Zealand, uh, myself and Kate Sylvester started an industry organisation called Mindful Fashion a few years ago, Mm. and we have 100 member businesses. So there are 100 businesses in New Zealand that have decided to work collaboratively to solve some of the more difficult sustainable questions. So in your introduction, you were talking about how much somebody gets paid or what happens with the treatment of waterways or what happens to a garment at the end of its life. Like these are all very big questions and Mm. ones which we've had an industry that has been like in a funnel of highest volume, lowest price model. And so keeping in business and at the same time making big shifts is challenging and what's important is that we recognize where there's the biggest areas that we can have influence and work out where by collaborating we can make the biggest difference. What does an event like Fashion Week do for the industry and does it help in any way initiatives that you've mentioned? When I think about clothing and identity and shaping identity or reflecting culture I think one of the really important things that New Zealand Fashion Week has done this year is um, they've chosen Kitty Nathan to be the opening show of Fashion Week. So Kitty Nathan is a Māori designer. New Zealand Fashion Week needs to tell the stories of the people who are of here. The other thing that Fashion Week is doing this year is they've really got some cool initiatives happening Uh, in particular Friday, Saturday. So they also have a clothing swap and they have a a mending workshop. Super interesting stuff. Emily Milashama, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And if you're after all things Fashion Week or more things Fashion Week, Stuff's Ensemble Magazine team will have all the coverage you want every day this week. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. 
Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You'll also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, you are familiar, Imogen, with the cost of living crisis. Myself and every other New Zealander, yes. Every dollar counts mm-hmm. is the mantra of the moment. So how does this sound? Free public transport for a year. You have me at free, but what's the catch? You know me so well. I could see mm-hmm. it in your face there that this is too good to be true. And indeed, it is too good to be true. Uh, the catch is that you have to volunteer the canvas of your own body as a tapestry for corporate advertising. You're going to have to expand. We're heading way over to the other side <laughs> of the world here. We're heading to Austria. Um, and in Austria, there is this universal public transport card called Klima Ticket. Uh, it's kind of like... Uh, a hop card for Aucklanders or a snapper card for people in Wellington, but it is for the whole country uh, mm-hmm. and you don't actually top it up. You buy it and then you can use all the public transport that you want. It's an all-you-can-eat public transport extravaganza. costs about 2000 bucks New Zealand. Ooh, that still sounds like a lot of money. It is a lot of money, yeah. It's about 6 bucks a day. Um, but when I say it means all public transport in Austria, that's like all public transport in Austria. So if you wanted to go from Vienna in like the east of Austria to some place in the west. I don't know many other cities in Austria. <laughs> um, <laughs> it would cost you $6 to, tra- oh. to travel the eight hours or whatever it, it is on the train. Okay, you said that there was a free option here that, that's been put on the table. Talk to me about that. So as part of a recent marketing drive, Klima Ticket has been offering free Klima Tickets to people who agree to get a tattoo of the word Klima Ticket on their body. And so they've got these like special Klima Ticket um, tattoo booths popping up to tattoo people with the word Klima Ticket. I feel like I've said the word Klima Ticket a lot in the past little while. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, sure. Years free public transport, uh-huh. great. But tattoo, you're stuck with that forever. Great point. I'm imagining this is going to be a one-time offer. You know, next year they could be like, oh, no, I got this just last week. Exactly. What is going No, this no. is flawed. There seem to be holes in this, don't there? <laughs> I do have a question for you, though, which is would you get a snapper card tattoo in exchange for a year's public transport in, in, in New Zealand? Absolutely. <laughs> My bus wouldn't show up <laughs> There we go. I, there we go. <laughs> that was it. I lobbed you a softball. <laughs> and bang, that is a home run. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be able to catch any item any form of public transport within that year. All right. Well, reframing that then, Mm. um, is there any corporate entity that you would exchange real estate on your body for free perks for a year? McDonald's hash browns. McDonald's hash browns. Doesn't even need to be the full menu. Just the hash brown. I'd be happy. Let us know (laughs) which corporate entities you would sell your body for in exchange for their free produce for a year. Um, (laughs) uh, TikTok at NewsableNZ and Instagram also at NewsableNZ. But I believe that is us for the day. I'm Emile Donovan. And I'm Imogen Wells. Have a great day. And enjoy a hash brown. I don't know. If you like this podcast, please support our work. Visit stuff.co.nz support.